0: Make him laugh, make him laugh. Bet you all tired of hearing the constant blather. In the end, you just want to know that laughing matters. From entrepreneurs to fortune 500, humor makes the world go round. You didn't know? It's a fit for a throw, like a roll with spaghetti to keep your culture light when times are heavy. So sit back and relax as you raise the bar when it all comes down to the ha, ha, ha. Yeah, make him laugh, make him laugh, huh? You make him
1: laugh, make him laugh. Welcome to Laughing Matters, a podcast like no other you'll hear, um, which is a good thing for all concerned um, on Laughing Matters. We explore the power of humor and laughter in a world sorely lacking both and how leaders from all walks of life use humor to take the edge off. I'm your co-host, Steve Cody, CEO of Peppercom, and I'm joined, as always, by Senior Vice President and the Prince of Raleigh, Paul Mershon. Paul?
0: Hey, Steve, good morning to you. It's so nice to be greeted as a prince. I've never been called royalty before, so I like that. I I don't have to marry into the royal family to do that now that you've called me that. So thank you, Steve. My pleasure. From now on, you are Prince Paul. Great. Maybe I can be knighted, too. Can you do that for me? Or do you have that power? Uh, I can do it virtually,
1: not physically. Hey, after the pandemic, everything goes. You got it. Consider yourself Knighted. knighted. Yes so moving right along with with the idle banter now we get to the the more serious issue at hand we are pleased to welcome as our guest today an award-winning corporate communications leader with more than two decades of experience she currently leads accenture's global corporate communications function overseeing a range of initiatives that promote and protect the brand she also represents accenture at the arthur w page society a leading pr industry trade association is the immediate past chair for the Institute of Public Relations, uh, where she did a phenomenal job, and I saw that firsthand. And she also works for Equality as a member of the Public Relations Society of America's Diversity Action Alliance Advisory Council. Please welcome my bestie and um, someone I've looked up to for a long time, Stacy Jones. Stacey, welcome to Laughing Matters.
2: Steve, thank you. Thank you. And Paul, uh, it is absolutely a mutual fan club. And I am uh, I'm so happy to be with you today. And I can't tell you how much uh, I've certainly enjoyed working with you on IPR over the years. But I'm also counting down the days to the publication of your upcoming book on uh, the ever important topic of laughter in the workplace. So uh, great to be here.
1: Well, thank you, Stacey, and thank you for contributing a few quotes. Um, that actually leads beautifully into the first question, so thank you for that. Um, we recently spoke about the, uh, the book, which is going to be called The ROI of LOL, The Power of Laughter in Business, and uh, without giving away the full story, I wanted to share a quote you provided. You said, quote, it's important to remember that humor doesn't have to come from leaders. I love it when someone on my team just cracks us up with a witticism or a joke or a funny take on a situation, it brings us together and boosts morale. So I wonder if you could share with our listeners um, why you feel that's so critical. And uh, if you have an example or two of when a junior team member or direct report, really just um, you know turned a meeting around with uh, an unexpected witticism.
2: Great. Well, yeah, I'd be happy to share that. And um, just to underscore that, I absolutely believe and committed to good ideas come from everyone on the team. And humor should be no exception. It really sets the right tone for an open dialogue and input from people. As you know very well, it greases the wheels for conversation in many cases. And I was thinking about an example. Uh, It was a recent work at Home Friday. And we were having very serious, very strategic planning call. There was a lot of moving parts, a lot of input and great productive session, right? And following the session, because we communicate on Teams and on text, I get a picture back and to the group. And I I was asked permission. I just didn't know for what, and you probably have seen the Room Raider viral phenomenon on Twitter. So I get this fine picture back of me but more importantly, my cat on the back bookcase here, who'd become very active, strangely, that Friday afternoon, and she was circled. Behind me, I have a plant. It's a succulent. It is truly, for anyone who knows me, the only thing I can grow. And there's, <laughs> there's a headline, gardening, question mark. I <laughs> perfect. And I had a candle on that Friday, and um, that was labeled the Vibe Curator. And it was just like really fun that, you know, we had this moment where we're socially distant. I mean, the person who sent it and did the the fun fun take on the room was in chicago. we've We've all been apart during the pandemic. But having that ability to relate and, you know, have those human moments, even though you're socially distant, we have not let the pandemic take that away from our day to day. And um, i love I love the fact that, that open dialogue and exchange, no matter what the medium is at play.
1: Did, um, just as a follow-up, did the Mm -hmm. pandemic accelerate that, um, the ability of your direct reports to, um, in the right way, you know, poke fun at you and and in the middle of an important meeting, did that, did those dynamics change as a result of everyone being virtual?
2: You know, I think they changed in the sense that we were more intentional about them and made time for them. I think we've always had a very open, respectful, but also fun dynamic on the team. And um, during the pandemic, when things became overnight just super serious, as I started meetings, started calls, you know, really intentionally building in icebreakers that as we'd had more time in the office, just naturally you know, they happen spontaneously, you're walking down the hall, you put a funny note on someone's desk, you celebrated a birthday, but none of that happened unless you absolutely made a place and a time for it to happen. So coming up with icebreaker question, stopping to ask, you know, what'd you do this weekend? It was really more important than ever, but mm-hmm. we made it not just myself, but across the team, we really made that a priority and put put rigor behind it, but it was fun rigor. It was not a chore, but it made all the difference.
0: Wow, that's awesome. And uh, I, I think it's talking about teams, right? You've had a lot of experience with working with teams before and, and particularly also in sports. You uh, mentioned that you're a great basketball player, but you have this one hilarious experience you've talked about where you had to take an interview playing basketball, but you were playing in the metaverse. Now, it it sounds like you weren't as good in the metaverse as you were in real life. So I wanted to hear a little bit about that. Can you share? Uh, it looks like you were just shooting bricks in the virtual world. So can you share a little bit about how you felt and how this turned into icebreaker as well, like for everybody.
2: Oh, absolutely. And so, okay, I can assure you that my basketball skills have significantly, I can't emphasize that word enough, degraded since high school and college. (laughs) And I needed a reminder, I think the metaverse was it. Uh, This actually took place during an IPR in the car video that I was filming with uh, Tina McCorkenstale, who many of you know is CEO of the Institute for Public Relations. So we were visiting uh, Accenture's nth floor metaverse site and we were both learning the ropes of how to move in the metaverse and turn and talk and you know try to make it feel natural because it, it's a shift right you don't just walk in there and feel like you're standing next to someone um, without a little practice you get that it does feel very good though and so somehow we wandered over to the basketball court and our tech team was generally coaching and guiding us and i was able to pick up a ball as was tina tina is a much better shot than i am just just noting that and so i literally started shooting bricks and the harder i tried the the worse it got. And so this sort of devolved into uh, hysterical laughter between Tina and I, and it was really like the start of making the session just flow as it normally would, because we do laugh and talk together as we've worked together over the years. And uh, it just, it made the metaverse very normal and very um, very intimate in the way that you would have a personal conversation sitting in a room. So just took a few bad shots at the basket to get there.
1: Are any of those outtakes available that we could uh, connect mm-hmm. to our, our podcast, Stacey?
2: <laughs> Maybe.
1: <laughs> Maybe we might we'll, have
2: technical problems.
1: <laughs> uh, I was going to say, we'll make you an offer you can't refuse. Uh,
2: swag is involved.
1: <laughs> swag is involved. So um, as as is the case with so many in our profession, you began life, uh, professional life as a journalist. And um, you worked for a small newspaper in central Ohio. And uh, you mentioned that you laughed a lot with your colleagues back then. I know you you've shared with me a couple of really laugh out loud um, stories from those days. And I I wondered if you could, you know, share those stories and and what you learned as a result of some of those, you know, uh, unintentionally funny moments, laugh out loud moments.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And so so I'll share one. I was uh, fresh out of Kenyon College, liberal arts, English major and uh, The newspaper took a chance on me. I walked into uh, a room of highly accomplished J school students who took me under their wing. And maybe uh, it was clear I needed that news assignment was to interview a nun who was retiring after local nun, very storied career, well known in the community. And from the start of her dialogue, she was clearly stern, a bit imposing. And she was very concerned about the accuracy of the story I was writing. And it's possible she also sensed I was a, a newly minted cub reporter as well. And from the time we wrapped up the interview, we did it you know, face to face. She kept back to me and, you know, when this is publishing and what the story is looking like. And so all of this culminated in a call to a very open floor newsroom, as they all are, right? And I I was taking the call and a very boisterous, uh, loud newsroom got quieter and quieter. And she was demanding, not asking, demanding that I read her the entire story. And I knew that was not a best practice, even though I was brand new. But ultimately, I, I just caved, and I cleared my <laughs> conscience. I read her the story. She seemed, you know, as as happy as as one would be. But of course, my colleagues hold, you know, they heard all the unfolding, and uh, it became both a teachable moment for me, uh, being able to you know be on display, uh, laugh a bit at myself, learn from it. Obviously, that was uh, not a repeat performance, I'll tell you. And it also actually kind of endeared me to the newsroom and became. You know, an ongoing joke and uh, good-natured teasing for for quite some time following as a new reporter.
1: And, and I'm 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 guessing that certainly you know throughout your career at Accenture there have been various partners who have said, Stacy, I want to take a look at that article before it appears in print. Get me a copy."
2: <laughs> it may have happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair once, enough. Once once or twice, and and, and I, I think Steve, you've had. Uh, Experiences with uh, with 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 nuns before, right? So I think this also, you know, yes. uh, elicits some memories
1: for you as well. The yes, sternness not, not, and all that, yeah. Yes, not not the <laughs> fondest of memories, but we'll move on, Paul. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and speaking of extension, I mean, we, um, I think you you were there for like twenty years. You've been there. Well, can you tell us a little bit, Stacey, about how you managed uh, with a culture attuned to humor there? was that something that um, you shaped as you progressed there at the firm? And can you give us some examples of how you were able to make humor work there? Yeah.
2: um, I'll take you back and, uh, you know, share that I had the fortune of working for many years for an absolutely brilliant and also hilarious CMCO who was gifted, like surgically gifted with the ability to deploy humor very appropriately in almost any situation. And uh, as I was learning my craft and learning things from her along the way. One thing I realized is that finding a good laugh in the day-to-day was something that almost felt essential, very um, relieving and made, made work just enjoyable, even if you were working on the hardest of issues. So, you know, al- along the way of doing very complex strategic work, we were okay to find that joy. So I've always taken that with me, you know, whether it was, a text message that was uh, erroneously corrected and shared in a way that you're like, "Wow, I can't believe it says that!" Quick, fix it. Or uh, eccentric food choices uh, that the team may have made for dinner. There, there was always a bit of joy in the day to day, always humor and, and humanity.
1: That's great. You, um, you recently announced in PR Week that after you know two decades plus you would be moving on after June 1st um, from Accenture. And um, obviously that's that's exciting, um, but it's also uh, a little daunting, I would think. It would be daunting, I think, for anyone who lives, eats, and breathes um, mm-hmm. after such a long tenure. So, um, you know, in terms of, um, you know, addressing the unknown, which is what you're addressing right now, how are you um, bringing humor and keeping it lighthearted, you know, in terms of finding the right opportunity um. Obviously, culture is critical to you. So, so how are you addressing something that you haven't had to address in more than two decades? Yeah.
2: No, thanks, Steve. That's a great question. And uh, I can tell you, I'm truly excited about what is next and also the new. But as I think about it, what will remain a constant, an absolute constant is my appreciation for taking work and career, and what we bring to the table as communicators every day, very seriously, but not myself. And mm-hmm. you know, as part of the equation, we all know, like we're working a lot of hours and it's most rewarding to share time with a team that you wanna be with, a team that you find joy with, And I will say, I am so grateful to have had that experience uh, year after year at Accenture. It's just been incredible. And I do know that when people are at ease, they do their best work, they're free to be creative, and they feel a sense of belonging ultimately on a team. And humor absolutely plays a role in getting that equation right. So that is what I look forward to taking with me, and it's become part of how I approach the day-to-day, my personal leadership philosophy, and something that I've really come to enjoy each and every day
0: at work. Yeah, awesome. Stacey, have you seen any uh, great humor-included marketing campaigns or internal initiatives throughout your career? And This could be like the TV spot, email campaign, news coverage, but anything that you saw and you feel like, wow, this is really a great use of humor
2: take you back paul um, as i as i think of one campaign that will always always stand out for me and it's not new it is the pets.com sock puppet Yum. and so just looking at that homemade puppet with the buttons for eyes and the cardboard microphone you know, it, was, it was operated i believe by a comedian who improvised the lines along the way so it wasn't even completely scripted It never fails to make me smile. I will still go back and look at the videos. And uh, I am animal lover. And from the moment I first saw that sock puppet, It really brought to life for me with humor and abandon this is what my dog or cat is instinctively feeling and thinking and it just it was so clever and so funny Uh, I again I delighted each time the commercials came on Um, I remember the puppet on the chatty perch and the driver delivery truck just going on and on and Another one with the singing when all the cars were pulling out of the garage and going to work, and you know, the animals were looking on as you know how many hours would unfold before their owner would be back. Really, really brilliant. And yes, I did buy a couple of the sock puppets as mementos. Um, the only uh, downside of this is sadly, this brilliant marketing campaign did not translate into commercial success. But it was uh, such a joy and uh, absolute brilliance.
1: Well, th- those sock puppets are probably worth a pretty penny on eBay right now, um, <laughs> Stacey. So they, they are they are emblematic of that whole dot-com era. And uh, I agree, those were memorable campaigns. And, you know, I was talking to our colleague, Anitra Henry, last night about the Super Bowl commercials. Yep. And almost without exception, uh, I, I thought they they went overboard in terms of being really crazy, really wacky. And we both said we had a hard time remembering what product or service was being sold so so th- obviously there's a fine line in using humor to break through and to differentiate you obviously want someone to remember your product or service and yeah the sock puppet did all of that um, oh so it's, it's fascinating it's a whole different subject for a different day we we um we we always end these podcasts and we've done them with uh, ccos and and, uh, you know, politicians and, and journalists and even a fruit stand vendor. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but we, we always ask, is there something from the past? And you've already shared the, the great story of interviewing the, the nun. Um, but, you know, maybe uh, from your grammar school, high school, college days that you look back now, it was cringeworthy at the time. But you can look back now and, and just laugh out loud about it.
2: Well, I I don't even have to look back that far. Um, It's a great question. I I had a quick memory spring to mind as you were asking it. And uh, I I think about some onstage stage rehearsals that we did a few years back for International Women's Day. And it was a global broadcast and a lot of choreography, a lot of production. And I was very engrossed in getting all the details right and lining up scripts and checks. And as I was walking around the stage with you know, a fair amount of senior leadership around, I took a step forward and there was no stage underneath me. I had walked off the stage because the, I blame the lighting. That may or may not have been the case. Uh, I probably should uh, blame my complete focus on the script and <laughs> unawareness of my surroundings. But I went down about three feet. There was nothing Ooh. under the step I took. And uh, thankfully I was not hurt beyond a few bruises on my knee probably. But uh, the show ultimately went on, but that was literally walking off.
0: Wow, that's very reminiscent of Jennifer Lawrence at the Oscars taking that tumble and, uh, you know, she just kind of like walked it off like nothing happened. It sounds like you did almost similar things, Stacey. Far
2: less glamorous, I assure you, but uh, (laughs) (laughs)
1: well, that's, uh, I I think everyone can relate to that. Um, Whether or not we've been on stage or not, we've all tumbled, we've all fallen, we've all Tripped, and it's it's how you recover and how you handle it with with grace and aplomb is, which is what you do naturally. And I just wanted to thank you so much, a for for being you know a friend, and for doing such a phenomenal job with IPR. And I wish you the very very best with um, your future. I know you'll land somewhere very important and make a very important contribution. So I cannot thank you enough, Stacy, for sharing your time today with us.
2: Well, it's absolutely my pleasure, and uh, I love the work you do and how you do it with humor and humanity. So, congratulations on the upcoming book, and I can't wait to read it.
1: Well, thank well, you, thank Paul. you. You will, you will, uh, you will be asked to pay full retail, Stacy.
2: As long as I get a signed copy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, Paul. Do you, you want to do the sign off for us? Absolutely. And in in the name of humanity, as Stacey mentioned, thank you everyone for joining our Laughing Matters podcast.